Welcome to Front Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode 11. That's right. If you're keeping track, 11, number 11 means that there's 10 other, there's 10 other episodes waiting for you to dig into, uh, listen to, reflect on, grow in. Uh, I think this is kind of cool. There's the all these different options, all these different verses that you can kind of pull from. And I'm trying to get better and better at naming them. So that way you can go, hey, listen, I really feel like this is what I need to be hearing today. And so we'll just have like a really cool bank of scriptures and reflections and ways in which that you can go a little deeper in your relationship with Jesus. So wherever you find yourself today, uh, whether you're driving, whether you're uh, going for a hike or a bike ride or getting ready in the morning, uh, we just I just want to say welcome. So glad you're here. Tune into some episodes, start taking the next steps and growing a little deeper in your relationship with the Lord. Um, I have never heard anyone say this. I've never heard anyone say this, uh, this K cup of coffee is the best cup of coffee I have ever had. If you ever hear somebody uh, say that, you need to instantly rebuke them. Uh, that is not from God. That is from the devil because K-cups uh, are just an, in a way of instant gratification. I don't, I've never heard anyone say, uh, this is the best cup of coffee I've ever had coming out of this K-cup. You don't have restaurants. You don't have like really amazing coffee shops that are just having K-cups all around and giving you a different selection of K-cups. No, uh, no, because those places are trying to give you the most uh, creative, the most, uh, uh, I don't know, organic, whatever kind of amazing type of uh, adjective you can say for coffee. Uh, that's what those coffee shops are trying to do. They uh, take time. They source the ingredients. They're, they're going, hold on, if you really want a good cup of coffee, let me do this. Uh, let me do this pour over from you. And this, they'll tell you, oh, this uh, bean came from here, and then it came, and, and from this farmer, and from this reason. And then they have to boil the water at a certain amount, and then they have to put a certain amount of. I mean, it is. It takes forever. But if you like instant gratification, then a K-cup works out really well until you start discovering how unbelievably unbelievably impatient that we really are. And this is how it goes. We have a K-cup in our office. And to be honest, I do drink a K-cup. And I'll tell you why I drink a K-cup. Not because I enjoy the way the K-cup tastes. Uh, I drink that coffee because it is quick. But I'll let you know that I find myself so often frustrated by the amount of time that a K-cup takes to make a cup of coffee. It's almost like with all those bubbles and the gurgling sound that it's making that it should be really quick and efficient, but in fact, it just takes forever. And aren't you just like, are you serious? Another little drip, another, you know, and then they have, you know, some offices put signs up like, wait for the K-cup to continue to drip. And you're like, but seriously, I gotta get to my, <laughs> I have to, continue, I have to get to my meeting, like this cup of coffee needs to start moving quicker. Uh, and I started thinking about that this week as I was reflecting on this passage. And I was thinking like this, I was going, okay, Jeff, if you struggle waiting for an instant cup of coffee, which to be honest, is lackluster in taste. 
and you have a and you struggle with waiting in lines, right? It's not exactly my favorite thing to do in the world. If it's yours, ah, man, I don't get that, but that's cool. Uh, then they, then there's a probably a really good chance that never, well, I'm not really waiting on the Lord. And that was like pretty overwhelming for me. I, I really had to sit back and think through that. I was like, if I am so impatient for everything else, then what makes me, what on earth thinks makes me think that I would wait on the Lord? That's why this passage is so powerful. Psalms 27, 14. As I was Walking up my front door, I kind of have the same routine that I, I do every morning. I brew a cup of coffee, kind of get all my stuff. I literally opened the door, walked out the door, and this passage just popped into my head. And so I thought, ooh, I think this is important. I think I need to sit in this. And that's exactly what I did. And the passage says this. Wait for the Lord. Psalms twenty seven fourteen. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. Here's what David is working through. And I think it's important for you and I to work through. And as I was thinking through this passage this week on the front porch, trying to work through it, I'm just kept thinking about, okay, where is David right now? What is going on? Uh, the Psalms are being written in, in, in multiple different periods of time, but in this particular time, David's enemies are pressing all around him. Uh, here's the interesting thing uh, also that is that he's been called the king of Israel, but he's now running for his life. So there's this bizarre scene in which, you know, as a kid or as a young man, he, he is deemed the rightful king of Israel. But he hasn't yet been given that fully. And so he's running for his life, really being the, the real king of Israel. But it's not yet fulfilled because Saul has not passed away. And Saul, and God's not taken his life yet. And, and, and Saul's coming after and tracking down and trying to take his life. He's hungry. But what does he do in this moment? In this moment, where he's frustrated, where things aren't going right, where things are, you know, should be going left and they're going right. And it's, I would imagine it's unbelievably discouraging and frustrating. And I don't know if maybe that's where you're at right now. Like just life is frustrating. Things aren't going the way you want. And this passage feels like really, <laughs> this is the passage that we're going through today. This is what David's, David's there with you. And, and, but David does something really great that can be helpful for, I think, you and I. He reminds himself of who God is and what he himself is to do. In this moment where stuff's not going the way it should go, and he finds himself a bit frustrated, he says to himself, he's doing some self-talk. You can almost hear him having some self-talk going on. You ever do self-talk? Right. You ever sit in a meeting and something comes up and you go, don't say that, you know, something inside of you or you say something and, you, and you're like, why did you say that? Like that happens to me all the time in meetings. Can I just tell you this? I'll be in meetings and somebody will say something and then I'll say something after. And I'll literally have this thought, Jeff, why did you say that? You were just trying to look smart. And it's true. Sometimes I just say stuff because I want to look smart and everyone go, ooh. That was a really good thought, right? 
So self-talk is going on. And sometimes that's really positive and sometimes that's really negative. And for David, he's doing some self-talk and you can almost... You can almost hear his internal dialogue, and, and we're, we benefit by having him write it down, but his internal dialogue is, everything's not going the way it should be going. So what do I do here, Lord? He says, wait. Be strong. Take heart. You need courage. And you need to wait. He says it twice. He has weight in there twice. Anytime in the scriptures where you see something repeated, you just need to go, "Uh oh, something really, really, really important just happened. And in this particular moment and all throughout scriptures, wait. He says, wait. We need to wait on the Lord. Let that sit there for a second for you. Maybe just pause the podcast right now and just go, wait on the Lord. Be strong. And let your heart take courage. Wait on the Lord is what David is sensing in his heart as he's going through all these things. You see, one of the central themes of the Bible is waiting. I mean, interesting enough, we are currently waiting for Jesus's return, for God's return, right? We are waiting for that. Like the theme of the Bible in many different ways is a theme of love, but there is a theme of waiting, waiting for the Messiah, waiting to become the people of God, waiting for Jesus's return, right? Waiting is a central thing. I mean, you have Abraham waiting to have a son, right? You have the Israelites waiting to get to the promised land, all this waiting that's going on. And you're like, what is the deal with all the waiting? Why is that so important? Well, I think it's because waiting awakens us to the fact of how desperately we wish we were God, right? But that's why we have K-cups is because we want it quick and efficient. We love the idea of having a genie God who we, who sna- we snap our fingers and he goes, oh, I'll meet that need right away. But instead, what we find is we have a God who is not in a hurry. He says that all throughout the scriptures. I'm not in a hurry. Your time is not my time, he says in Peter, 2 Peter. I think waiting refocuses us from the things of this earth to the one who created it all. I think waiting is such a, such a, 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 such a divine reality. And we are people of earth. And so we struggle with, I want it right now. I want it the way I want it, when I want it. I mean, we, Burger King, would it, they're geniuses when they came up with that marketing thing because it tapped in to the American culture. You want it your way right away, and we're going to help you get that. Well, the, the problem is, is we want a God that will do that. But what waiting does is it refocuses us. It tells us this, you're not in control. God's in control. He's the one who created it all. And here's the one that was really hard for me this week. And maybe this will be hard for you. Waiting exposes what we really worship. Waiting exposes what we really worship. And if I'm honest, what I worship is getting things done fast and quick. Right? It's it's where it exposes all the different things I really worship. I just I just want to get there faster. I don't want to really spend time with people the way that God's asking me to spend time with people. I want a quick fix for a lot of different things. It's like, oh man. But if I'm if I'm waiting on the Lord, that's showing what I worship. I'm going, no, it's your time, your way, your glory. 
waiting exposes what we really worship. And I think there's all kinds of obedience in waiting. Like it is a, it is a muscle that we need to learn to develop and we learn to, we need to learn to flex that muscle. Like that would display to our world something incredibly beautiful. But if we're honest, I mean, this, if we just kind of play this out in the way that we struggle is um, a lot of us are, our impatience falls into line and comes into light when we start thinking about eternity, doesn't it? Right. We start thinking like, God, you did all that work by sending Jesus to die on the cross. Just have him return. Right. But here's what's really crazy. In, 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 in Second Peter, he talks about how he's not in a hurry, but what he's waiting for is for the people of God to be obedient to God. So in, in, in essence, all the people, and there's a lot of people who want Jesus to return because they say, maybe this is you. It's just too hard here, right? There's too much pain. There's too much suffering, right? Our political system is all messed up. I don't know if I can trust anybody. Jesus just returned. You just come back, fix it, make it quick. And he's like, no, I, I, it's not time yet. I'm waiting for the people of God to be obedient to God. You see, God was patient in sending his son. His son was patient for 33 years, right? Think about it. he He was a carpenter for 33 years. I just think, in my opinion, my earthly opinion, what a gigantic waste of time. Like, he, he could have been healing people sooner. He could have been proclaiming the gospel quicker. But no, 33 years. He waited here on earth before he started his ministry. It's, that's mind-blowing to me. He was patient with his disciples. He, he had these, this hodgepodge group of guys who just never seemed to get it right. Sometimes they did, but a lot of times they just did. He was just patient with them. He was just patient with David as David is struggling through this period of time. And he is patient for us, his church. He is patient with us. How beautiful. His grace and his mercy. He's patient with us. But we are responsible to wait on the Lord and to trust his plan and timing. But we need to be strong, right? Because that's what he's saying. David's going, I need, we need strength in order to wait for the Lord. We need, we need your strength, Jesus, the same strength that allowed you to go to the cross. We need that strength. We need your heart in order uh, to have courage. Our hearts need that kind of courage to be able to wait on you in the way that you've called us to. Waiting on the Lord is worshiping the Lord. And if you really want to worship him, learn to trust and to wait on him. And I don't know what that means for you right now where you're at, but you need to learn. I need to learn how to wait on him. And that's what I was sensing Sensing in this morning, I just need to wait on the Lord. I need to be strong. I need my heart to be courageous. I need to wait on him. So question, why do you personally struggle with waiting on the Lord? And what could you do today to trust his plan for your life? May you be patient with us, Lord Jesus, as we learn to trust in your sovereign plan. So take a breath, reflect, 
and believe the God of the universe is nearer to you than your own heartbeat. Have an awesome day. Cheers. Cheers.